Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Marshall Karen Cisco, she finds herself being attracted to Foley and has second thoughts about bringing him in because she understandably wants a slice of Clooney. So this movie <laughs> is about that very odd but surprisingly hot relationship. Basically, I consider this the sexiest movie ever made. Clooney is basically Cary Grant. That's what's happening here. He's the gentleman thief. Uh, if George Clooney made me gay, J-Lo brought me back. Right. <laughs> is, this, is this a rom-com, basically, guys? If you're going to pass it off as a rom-com, this is the only one where one of the characters shoots themselves in the face, falling up some stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, joining us today, we have Wayne. Hey there. Paul. Hello. And as always, Kobe. Oh. And we're here to review Out of Sight. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Joining us remotely today, we have Wayne and Paul. If you would like to say hello and tell the listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do, please. Sure. Uh, well, yeah, Paul and Wayne, that's us. We uh, have the Countdown Podcast, where we pretty much count down weirdly kind of, uh, well, lists of movies, whether it's it's usually quite complex. It's not just our favorite this or favorite that, but odd little themes. And we also review movies uh and you know obviously it's been a little quiet lately with no new movies but <laughs> so we're doing classics and stuff like that but basically it's a comedy movie review podcast and uh frankly it's a little wild on occasion not <laughs> safe for work yes it's it's discussing <laughs> <laughs> well tell, uh, one thing um you, you've chosen when you've chosen out of sight oh yeah and i remember I can't remember when this episode was. I'm, I'm pretty sure you did like an episode of best t- best film and TV couples, mm. and the couple in this was your number one choice. Is that right? Yeah, Is that little, I remember right? Memory, sir. Yeah, man, that's impressive. I couldn't remember that. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yes, I am totally shipping J Lo and George George Clun Clun. Um, well, they don't need to ship because they get together in this, isn't it? This, this shipping's more of a oh, kind of a mold of oh, a squid. Is it a, 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 I thought I just supported the yeah. relationship. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, no, this is my favorite. I, I often, uh, Paul has heard me wax about this movie quite a bit. Basically, I consider this the sexiest movie ever made. Uh, and <laughs> not to put too fine a point on it, I say this is the perfect date movie. Fellas, if you're out there and you're my age, I'm 45, uh, and for some reason you're still dating. Um, <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> I suggest you throw this bad boy on, okay? It can only do good. Then again, if you're quite young people, I don't know what you guys watch. So you've chosen because it's a perfect date movie. Give us, give, us, give us a synopsis in a minute or less, then, Wayne. Absolutely. This movie is about Jack Foley, George Clooney, who is the most successful bank robber in the country. But he does get caught from time to time, landing <laughs> him in jail. Uh, and so on the day, he's in jail, and he on the day he actually busts out of jail with the help of his buddy, which is Ving, played by Ving Rhames, he's forced to kidnap U.S. Marshal Karen Sisko, played by J-Lo, in order to avoid getting caught. So... That leads to like a cat and mouse game of, of Foley trying to escape the law and Marshall Karen Sisko, who's hunting him down. The thing is, Marshall Karen Sisko, she finds herself being attracted to Foley and has second thoughts about bringing him in because she understandably wants a slice of Clooney. So this movie <laughs> is about that very odd but surprisingly hot relationship. Big fan, big fan. <laughs> uh, Paul, what are your thoughts on that outside? <laughs> I'm guessing the Wayne brings it up in as much as possible. Yeah, it's it's like I've I've seen this film twice, but I feel like I've seen it four thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, it's a interesting film, and it really relies upon can you get behind a U.S. marshal somehow falling for a guy who literally a forced her into the boot of a car, and then b is an escaped prisoner slash lifetime criminal. It was a different time. Whilst covered in mud and tar and whatever. Yeah, so. This is- if you, if you can buy that, and that's the whole either strength and success of the film or it's failure, depending where you get to, that's this film's into entertaining. I'll give it that. But can you get behind the central? <laughs> I'll concept? buy it twice, Paul. Okay. <laughs> it's not like Under That Mud isn't any George Clooney. I'm just saying, right? <laughs> I guess the casting had to be right for for, for both characters, right? For yeah, them to, for sure. if you can get, to get behind it, it's not going to be, you know, Woody Allen and a, you know, a woman I don't want to name, but it has to be the right people for this. Um, I'm now imagining that movie out of sight with Woody Allen. <laughs> we, we, we're still skirting around it, but can, can we just talk about George Clooney? Because he's Jeez. the best looking bank robber ever, possibly. Um, oh my God, so he's beautiful. I've, I've, got, I've got a lot of time for, for George. Um, I'm a big ER oh, fan. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so, and it's really interesting, you know, this, this is a guy who really struggled to, to make it. Mm. And, you know, it was kind of what, in his late 30s, I think, when he was doing AR. Mm. And he kind of struggled really to... properly. <laughs> so this was kind of his first proper sort of film and he, he'd sort of done from dust till dawn which was kind of a little, a little bit of a cult film he hadn't really broken through and um he i think he was doing three kings after after this and this wasn't really a big hit because it was just terribly marketed really awfully but um i really love him in this it's got that george sparkle that um mm. you know it's kind of underneath the Nespresso advert. But <laughs> it's just, you know, why are you doing this, George? You don't need to do this. Um, but it's, it's really sparky. And I do buy this. I go. do buy it. That <laughs> in a truck with George. Yes. Do you buy this, Paul? Oh, come on, man. 
Yeah. It's, yeah, of I course mean, you do. When you compare, I guess what the film does is very cleverly emphasize she's not good with picking relationships. Yes. Like, so she's involved with Rainy the Collette. Michael Keaton cameo and, yeah. and he turns up and is completely clueless as to how inappropriate he's being. And I really <laughs> love the dad in this film. Den- Dennis, Dennis Farina is fantastic. Yeah. And the way he's kind of giving him subtle shit and I, initially Ray doesn't get it. Mm. And then when he does get it, he's like, oh, what you going to do? You know, so. Well, just a note on that character, Ray Nicolette, obviously from, is actually the same character that Michael Keaton played in Jackie Brown. Gotcha. Yep. And this yep. is the only this is the only time that anyone can really think of that uh, that's happened where a character has reprised his own role and that character in a separate film and it's out of that franchise just written by the same guy yeah uh, and that's just kind of cool I thought it was cool he yeah. did that part for free it is yeah I think the part there is it's, it's two different studios making that because obviously you've got um, you've got just different instances of the same character from books played by different people but the yeah. same character across studios because studios just seem to want to make things difficult, right? Absolutely. Um, so, <laughs> but this is one case. They'll let Michael Keaton come in for three minutes to do his scene, to make that claim. He did it for free. Like, they just asked him, so you do this? Yeah, cool. Came in for a day and did it. Boom. So that's just Of course. Cool. Why not? Yeah. The, the He's a good guy. He is. He really is. <laughs> I, the thing about me with Clooney is I... I don't know why, but I still underrate. I, I continue underrating him as like it, it's not a draw for me in the film. But every time I've seen a film, I'm like, well, he's amazing. Yeah, right. And I still don't know why. Why it's a thing for me that he's not like um, well for me personally. I know for other people like Helen, he's like cleaning in a film is a big draw. Mm. But he's got, he's got range. He's like can be really tough. It can be really funny. Um, I love him in even even you know when he's in Coen Brothers films, he's absolutely hysterical, and he seems to be enjoying that. And he's got great comic timing, but he's also got great dramatic chops as well. And I still don't know why I don't rate him. I don't, you know, I do rate him, but I don't feel like he's a big cinematic draw. I don't, it, it, does anyone else feel that way? Or can anyone explain that to me? Or is that just because? Yes, I, um, just- I think I know. I think you've been Batman and Robert. Um, <laughs> I think that's what happened. Um, I was going to say ER'd, but okay. Yeah, he's yeah. fine. Yeah. He's fine. Right? But it's, Batman and Robin is just, ugh, that's career ending. And then he came out of it, but, you know, he's always apologizing about that film. And <laughs> seriously, yeah, it seems like it was such a bad decision it could have colored your entire view of his filmography maybe he's just too good looking agree agree how hard must it be for that man to walk through the world looking like i'm, that? Not, sure. I'm not sure who's who's george clooney harder here helen or, or wayne <laughs> uh, i am happily gay for clooney i don't care fair enough, fair enough. I actually think, though, if, if we're going to throw out there the attractive awards, I think J-Lo is, is really good, really hot in this film, too. Look, I see. Good segue. Uh, if George Clooney made me gay, J-Lo brought me back. Right. Okay. <laughs> J-Lo, though. I mean, have you guys seen Have you seen, have you seen Hustlers? Yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. Because this, I remember seeing Out of Sight. One, I, I, again, I like J-Lo. I think she's, she's great. But I never really saw it. But then I saw Hustlers, like, all right, she's she should be in all the films now forever because she's <laughs> truly astonishing in that. And in this, it was the first time I've seen it since it came out, or first time I saw it since DVD. And I was, I was just like, yeah, I mean, she's cute, but I didn't I didn't get it this time. I get so I'm more on Wayne's side now after seeing this film the second time. But um, mm-hmm. I think it's because I saw Hustlers and I see the work that she actually really did in this film, which is a lot more subtle. Yeah. Um, but she's truly she, she's really good, and I think she should be in a lot more things going forward. I'd, I'd written her off. I think. Um, whoever did Hustlers, I can't remember the name. The director's almost done like a, a Moneyball thing and brought back this actor who people had all, who previously kind of written off, but now she's she's front and set. You know the way that Quentin Tarantino kind of did and, and Wes Anton kind of did. Yeah, I actually pulled people out who people had written off. 
Don't mind. Sorry, I just find her like an alien with a perfect face. Like it's this like she's fifty in Hustlers or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Ridiculous, ridiculous, amazing. And the, but apart from that, you're right. Her chops as an actress, um, you could write it off with Demolition Man or whatever. It wasn't that Sandra Bullock. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I missed that one. <laughs> but at least you were close. She's just made not very good films. Right. So the, I had a look, and the only other thing that I've seen, I've not seen Hustlers yet, um, but the only other thing I've seen her in is Jersey Girl, and she Ooh. obviously made that yeah. awful film with, with Ben Affleck. Yeah. I quite like Jer- Jersey Girl. I mean, it's it's all right. She kind of had the same career as uh, McConaughey. She kind of went into these no, no ranks, rom-coms, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, made in Manhattan kind of stuff. Um, so hopefully she's going to fight her way out like Matthew McConaughey has done. But I would love to see her in more stuff, absolutely. Mm, I agreed. Can we talk about the other cast, me- cast members? Because we've got Catherine Keener, who is uh, a welcome sight in any film, who's Adele with the, the little white bunny, who reveals the magician's trick of how you get sawn up in a box. And, um, but the legs are shaking. Ray- <laughs> Big legs. <laughs> it's really funny. And Ving Rhames, who I think has kind of been resigned to Tom Cruise's um, sort of sidekick more recently. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in the 90s, he, he had the these kind of small parts and I, I just think he's really great in this he's yeah. uh, he's kind of like the um the conscience isn't he in this film mm-hmm. and um he brings a, a lot of the humor so i really like him in this and then don cheadle as well who is um a welcome um guest in any sodenberg film um amazing he's an also an ex-er person as well but the, the you know the supporting cast is really great so you you've got see george yeah um uh, Louis Guzman as well, um, the one with the, the fake legs. And then there's a little Samuel L. cameo at the end. So, yeah, it's an ensemble cast as well. It's it's brilliant, which I think is one of the strengths of Sodenberg. You know, he really does mm-hmm. work an ensemble cast really, really well. So what what, what, are, you, what are the Soderberghs you're referencing here or thinking about when, when you sort of mentioned it? Definitely like the Oceans films. Like mm-hmm. they are top there for bringing glittering stars together in in a in a perfect way um are you a fan of, of the oceans films apart from yeah. the unsolvable nature of them yeah, yeah. um dave and david holmes as well this is must be probably the first time they collaborated on a, a soundtrack it's kind of got that david holmes feel which he did all the music for for oceans as well but i, I like sodenberg i think he's done some really interesting films um over the years so i'm i've got quite a lot of time for him i feel like soderbergh does honestly for a while there it was good film bad film good film bad film you know he'd do like solaris and i'm like mm, what was that <laughs> and then and he did traffic you know and then it was just it, it, it was, but, but he's what's cool about him is he's the one guy the studios officers go yeah just do whatever you want give him whatever money he wants and he goes and he makes whatever mistakes if he does sometimes this and that but he's all authentically him because it was like here's an idea and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't so that's art you know i like that and he has the uh the one of the most downloaded films of 2020 in his back catalog as well contagion so oh god i can't watch that movie now <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> just too much it does. It does like a bit of a heist film, and one of the talking points I said to yourself was like bank robbery in films. Is um, mm. as a, as what kind of films do you think they reference that? Because I think Clooney is a good bank robber. Obviously, gets caught because his car doesn't get started, but he seems he doesn't ever pull out a gun. I think the first time he shoots someone is, as he says, is in this film. But he seems to be actually quite good at getting the money, at least. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a couple of heist films on before. It looks remarkably easy. 
<laughs> I couldn't imagine walking into NatWest and being able to. NatWest is an English bank. Um, <laughs> I can imagine being able to walk into NatWest and talk someone into giving me. I mean, obviously, I don't look like George, but is it that easy? Well, the views you know? of Flick Watcher podcast do not reflect the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast. Easy to rob a bank. By the way, it is easy. I used to work in one. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's a wine do not reflect Paul. <laughs> um, I mean, can I ask you guys about something? This is um, as a as a youngster when I saw this movie. This is the first thing I noticed when it came out. You're talking about Steven Soderbergh and his style and that sort of thing. So this thing he does where he freeze frames. Mm. Now hang on a sec, Paul, because Paul's about to shit on it. Yeah. Right? Okay. But what I was what I want to say to you is like at the time that was hugely novel to me. I'm like, what's he doing? And he would even have the sound cue go. Boom, like that and then he would keep going and i'm like what is that and then he kept on doing it and kept on doing it and the entire movie is like that it's almost like his uh signature it, for that film only though and that's why i like him he changes up all the time so do you i think that looking at it now it maybe dates the movie a little bit you don't really swing that shit anymore as a director what do you guys think helen so i'd completely forgotten that happened and then when it <laughs> happened i was like oh is the wi-fi oh no he does that <laughs> and I, I forgive it for its time but i'm glad that it's not still a thing i think it's yeah go on please no i mean i i, I it's one of the things i don't it probably is so jaded i don't even recall it really happening it's just like a thing okay. and it, almost in the way that quentin, quentin tarantino pushed forward like non even though he wasn't the first to do it but like non-linear storytelling he's like oh that's quentin's thing so it's now that would have been talked about a lot of the time, but because 20 or so years on, that's just something that other directors have taken on board and gone, hmm, I like this. I'm going to make it part of my arsenal. Um, it's not, for me, my, I can't really have anything to say positive or negative about it. I was just going to say that the editing in general is really interesting in this film because um, I think I read that the uh, the car boot scene was originally like a, a one-shot. Yes. That didn't so oh. the editing in that... I think is really good and I'm glad it's not a one shot because the the editing really gives it that kind of in the boot and the sexiness and then again when they um, meet up and have their thing the editing in that is really great and you've obviously got the Mm -hmm. snow and you've got the cuts in between them having the conversation and um, the hotel scene as well and I think that adds to it so in terms of not the kind of weird editing bit, but the good editing bit are really what kind of helps their sexiness. Because I think had it been straight cuts, then it, it wouldn't have worked as well. And it's it's not as sexy. Whereas, you know, the little editing makes it a bit more sexier. Did any of you notice, though, that, that the, the blocking in the scenes is quite odd? Like that restaurant scene? So yes. we have shots sort of over the shoulder almost of each of Clooney and J-Lo. Yeah, dirty over And they're quite yeah. far away from each other. And then we cut to the wide or the mid-range shot and they're really, they're nose to nose almost. And I'm like, that really threw yeah. me. And I'm not sure that obviously has to be deliberate. That's not a mistake. You can't make that mistake deliberately and go, ooh, didn't notice that the final cut. Oops. Do you know how he shoots? Like you were saying that, Helen, that like, yes, it was originally a one shot. Steve, I, I've geeked out about this, this movie so much i've heard steven soderbergh's director's commentary and stuff and mm-hmm. he said that he did initially um yeah make it entirely one shot and then he tested it and he said the scene just hung there it derailed the entire movie because people went, what's happening now you know and it was really really off-putting that's why he had to go back reshoot and then actually do the the you know the back and forth cutting so i like that i don't know his his, his while his style is dated i do i just 
I think the editing itself in in the uh, with the Lompoc scenes and and the, the time jumps. Did you guys find that at all confusing? No, no. Again, Quentin Tarantino, you know, non-linear stuff. It's just like, yeah, I can, I understand yeah, this. Let's go. Can just... up on that. It's fine. We go. Oh, no, okay, we're back here now. Yeah, that's fine. Well, we it by making it yellow for Lompoc. Yes. Well, for, yeah, for down south wherever they were, yeah, and then yeah. very blue and dark when mm, they went up so, to Detroit. So. Yeah. That, that yeah, helped murky. But yeah, it was that freeze frame, which is your cue to, oh, we're going back in time. Except there was also the cue to jump forward in time during the, the lovemaking scenes and that kind of stuff. So I'm like, eh. You're finding out how they got to bed while you're watching them in bed. That's a little fun. Yeah, no? That's the freeze what I don't like. <laughs> oh, okay. I do, I do love the build-up to that. Um, I, I want to talk about the, do you buy them as a couple bit? But the, the build-up to them getting together that one night in heaven or whatever, because I looked in, in this kind of post me too world, which should have been every, every day that we've existed as human beings. You have that scene where she sat by herself and those that, gammon, those yeah. fucking those horrible guys. Yeah, just one, one so hard. To yeah, that almost. It's like, Oh, why is, like, is that what I do? You know, they're probably all married as well. They've probably got you and all these things. You just kind of think, Oh, for fuck's sake, men, men, you just, you just nod it. Yeah. You know, it's just, just infuriating. But you know that happens so much, and that's probably not in the, that's nowhere near the worst end of the stick for this, is it? Well, the the fact that the way that that scene is constructed and that shot is constructed is like the one guy comes over, he crashes and burns. The other guy comes over, you hate him more. He crashes and burns, and you're waiting for the third guy to come yes. over. But then you see just Clooney's reflector. Oh, here comes that guy. Turns out it's Clooney, <gasps> and then she's just so warm towards him because she's the guy he wants. And then it's like I just that's wonderfully played. That's so cool. That's just great to watch. It is a nice setup to that. But I was angry at men. I don't, yeah, we... No, no, those guys should get shot and stuff. Welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to apologize. Yeah, had... we, we hate ourselves. You yeah. really hate us. <laughs> and one thing, um, yeah, as you said, Paul, at the top of this is buying them as a couple. And in cinema, that's where films... I mean, this is this is probably one reason it's worth revisiting your, your episode where you talk about um, cinematic and televisual couples because sometimes it just doesn't work as a relationship, even though they try and force it. Yep. And a recent example of um, where you have to really buy it, and it didn't really work for me, is um, A Shape of Water. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, yeah, hang on. We're not supposed to talk about spoilers, right? But, gee, why didn't it work for <laughs> You mean the, the the main relationship between a woman? I do mean the main relationship in Shape of Water. I'm not going to go into it, but we're not, as we're not going to give spoilers for other other films, but that's I get it. For me, it's like oh, that's that's where it went, was it? Okay, fine. I think what you meant to say was the Academy Award winning Shape of Water. Who <laughs> <laughs> will remember that as being a good choice? I mean, anyway, uh, I love a lot a lot about the film. I love everything. I love the way it's shot. I think that. It's visually, it's astonishing, and the general kind of story is astonishing. But where it goes, uh, you know, the relationship, I'm just like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it, it may be like, um, but maybe this will cure it a little bit. The book of this movie, oh, you're switching back to this, okay? Yep. Oh, sorry, yep. The, the, no, I'm just saying, like, Jack is, <laughs> Jack is older, Jack is a lot older than than, the Karen, J- Sisko. than Karen Sisko, yeah. And in the movie, they put mm-hmm. them together because Steven Soderbergh did actually say, I don't want that trope of the old guy and the young girl anymore. Good, so that's Good. something. Well, he's still a fair bit older than she is. He's like, what do you think? He's like 43. Uh, he's 60 and she's 50, so now, yeah. what? Oh, yeah, now. 10 years now, okay, 10 so, years. okay, so 10 years, done better okay, that's fine. <laughs> but, I mean, if you, if you look at like classic James Bond, like Roger Moore's like 53 yeah, yeah. and this Bond girl's like 20, and that's just gross, yeah, that's gross, uh, yeah, true. And we've had we've had bigger, more startling change. Well, like with Manhattan, we've had more apparent uh, age gaps with the younger women, but 
that kind of trope is uh, just it just needs to stop. Mm. I agree. Continuing. Not, just I, stop. I agree. It's not a problem in this film. I'm just pointing out that there is an age difference. That's all. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> they're both not really aged that they, they, this could have worked at any point throughout their career and they still mm. kind of would have looked right maybe it's something to do with their kind of they've both got the same glowy skin tone skin. jeans and they just you know they've got good teeth and their hair's good and they just you know they both look great one thing i wanted to um say because you going back to what you said wayne about um the subtle things that j-lo's acting and i think i completely forgot this scene but one of the best scenes in it is where she goes around i can't remember that is it maurice i can't remember the the boxer's name the really vile guy yeah yeah Uh, that's right kenneth Kenneth, yeah kenneth that was it and the the dog and what he what he likes that was very difficult to listen to Mm -hmm. And her her acting throughout that and how she is is like amazing. I was like, oh, the, this is this is great. This is mm. great stuff. And obviously, he gets his comeuppance with a stick, but her reaction and how she re- reacts to him is amazing. Yeah, he's her. That, that, Sorry, just saying her performance. You're right. The nuance of her performance, even in the boot, Foley's saying sort of roguishly charming things. I guess in the context <laughs> of that thing, right? But her, what she's doing is she's like disgusted by him, but then she smiles, and then she's like, oh, and then she starts engaging with him, and you can see her slowly going, just noticing him, noticing that she actually kind of kind of likes him. Very cool. And that scene, Helen, you're talking about that's uh, contained. Was it Isaiah Washington? Yeah. Um, who's in the other mm. TV, long running TV hump? Well, he was in the first few seasons before he got fired. Of, um, it was Grey's Anatomy, oh, right. talking about other hospital dramas. Yeah, okay. Um, and that also has the, my first appearance on, on rewatch um, of Viola Davis, was his sister who answers the door. I was like, that, I know that face. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't recognize her. Wow. There you go. I love the fact I brought something to a an outside out on the outside stand. Even though you've seen the director's commentaries, yep. <laughs> I forgot, mate. <laughs> he, he, um, to be fair, I think Isaiah Washington's chilling in that. That's he's disgrace. It's disgusting, and it, and it makes nobody his skin makes crawl. you want to kill him so bad. Yeah. <laughs> so when he gets his at yeah. the end of the film, you're like, yeah, hell yeah, and and you instantly forgive Jack for for murdering him because he did damn well deserves to die. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because he, they're out. Him, he and Buddy are away. They're, they're gone. And he says, "Ah, he's gonna, he's gonna rape her." Isn't That's he? why George Clooney is basically Cary Grant. That's what's happening here. He's the gentleman thief. Mm-hmm. So he's the bomb. Every, you know, you gotta like him. Yeah, he turns around to save to save it. And while we're on that topic, then of the end of the film and that you know, great last scene, and I really do think the last, not the last scene, but the in the, the mansion, the culmination of this film is is very well put together. Two things to note: one, White Boy Bob, one of the most <laughs> hilarious. <deaths. laughs> In movie history, like I, I, I thought through the whole film, and the moment he appeared, they were playing his clumsiness and clumsiness. Not really. It's not till that They're night. Setting up the yeah. He has two falls and one up the stairs right before yes. as well. And then when he falls and blows the top of his own head off, I'm, I know it sounds ridiculous and sadistic and weird of me, but God, I laughed hard. No, because they, they come to Clooney and he's doing that head quizzically head dog cocking thing. Like what the fuck? Is, yeah, so that's cool. And we we're like, what? So that was awesome. And then the other, I mean, he's not really a villain, but he kind of is in this last scene. Uh, Albert Brooks as, as Ripley. What kind of man, mm. or what kind of person sends his lover to the door yeah. to answer a weird knocking on the door late at night? Clooney says that. Yeah, like, night, he yeah. goes and hides in, and she's protecting him. Oh, he's on his summer retreat. I'm his maid and what? No, you're not. What are you doing? Throw him under the bus. Save yourself. Yeah. Well, you know, and that, well, that was the thing. She, he actually asked him that and, and, she, and he says, oh, well, she's, 
she's supposed to not be here. Basically, we're covering for each other. Yeah. That's why he let her out to the door. Whatever, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So, like, still. Yeah. But still, he didn't jump out and save her, did he now? No. Yeah. So there you go. Disgraceful. I guess that you, you don't feel sorry for him in the fact that he loses his diamonds no. because you have no sympathy from his character. So you're happy to write him off and not feel as though he got a raw deal with any of it. In that scene, before before head to the scores, when they find the safe and they're shooting at it with these pistols, oh god, um, that's so funny! It's like you. Uh, yeah, I mean they could easily kill White Boy Bob then because the bullet comes straight back through his face. You're about to shoot it again. Yeah. That's like a time. Like, what did you think of the first? Yeah, next with all the bullets in the in the glass walls around them. That's right. They're like, Sorry, if we hit this handle at the same time, what the? <laughs> yeah, not rocket science. It's so funny though. <laughs> so that's is this is this a rom com basically, guys? This is this is where I land. It's, it's comedic. It's got rom- romance in it. What, what, what do you think? Not for me. Yeah, I it, see it. You, I could, see it. you could see it that way. Uh, I, th- I see it more as a thriller with romantic element. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's got to be a <laughs> and comedic elements too, as we've just discussed. But yeah, yeah I mean, I've I've seen quite a lot of rom coms in my life, and I think if you're going to pass it off as a rom com, this is the only one where one of the characters shoots themselves in the face falling up some stairs <laughs> i think when people get shot in the face <laughs> you can't really comedy territory and the, okay. Okay. and the many mentions of of forced you know rape basically uh also probably yeah. takes it out of cools off the date doesn't yeah. it yeah yeah okay yeah okay fine but fine here's my okay. one i got one problem with the end of the film like very illogical oh. i don't understand how buddy gets away why the police all arrive call the airports yeah he's got the diamonds but he's not getting anywhere without being caught maybe he's set up is he known to be a ka no he is because they were looking for him as well uh she she sees him go in what if he's got a fake passport that he set up before it was the 90s Uh it's fine it's all good yeah anyway that was a a point for me there's a whole exit plan that obviously we don't get to see out because george doesn't make it to the exit plan so Buddy is safe because he's going to follow the exit plan, which involves fake passports if needed, hideaways, another car, like costume changes. It's all been set up. <laughs> and Buddy Ving, Ving Rains, hard to hard to work into a costume change, but yeah, okay, <laughs> he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Should we head to the scores, guys? I'm Sam Clements, host of the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival, another podcast in the Stripped Media family, a podcast that celebrates movies under 90 minutes long. Each episode, I'm joined by a special guest who selects a movie to join our prestigious lineup. Past guests have come from the worlds of film, television, music, food, comedy, and podcasting. Search for us now on the app you're currently listening to this podcast or join us at 90minfilmfest.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Welcome to the Spreadsheet of Dreams, aka the FlixWatcher scoring system. All of our scores are out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish, and we will start with you, please, Wade, with your recommendability. Five! <laughs> everyone should watch this movie, and everyone should be the kind of person who likes this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> whatsoever um, i'm a little cooler on it i'm gonna give it a four uh it is it is well recommended to the vast majority of people i have no problem saying that however you do have to be able to suspend your disbelief in um if you don't love george clooney the way that helen and wayne do there may not be as much here for you <laughs> helen i don't know how you can not love george clooney i mean he's just he, he just has star quality i think and that's what really comes through in this and it's 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 really fun. One thing we didn't talk, which I want to talk briefly about, is when she um, is finally picked up. She has a fantasy about getting into a bath with him, which um, <laughs> is very, it's the prelude to even more sexiness to come. Mm-hmm. Um, which I really like because I think okay, it's a little bit weird to fall in love with your kidnapper. Let's just just a little get that. <laughs> this you know George has never killed anyone and. He was only robbing a small amount of money. And, <laughs> agreed, you know, agreed. Give him a pass. <laughs> you know, they don't hurt her. They're going to let her go. They just, you know, they just need to remove, remove her from the situation. So, I, I forgive all that, and I buy into it a hundred percent. It's a really great adaptation of um, what's his name, Elmore Leonard, Elmore Leonard um, book, which I really enjoy and. It was kind of, you know, it's really fun. It's flighty. Um, it's got a great ensemble cast. And I specifically give it this recommendation because not enough people saw it when it came out. And it, it did really bomb. And everyone was like, we made a great movie, but it was just marketed probably as more of a rom-com than it, it should have been. And people were like, this is a romantic comedy. People get shot in the face. People accept um, it's a rom-com. It's a rom-com. It's a rom-com. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think this is, you know, this is class George Clooney. And I think, you know, J-Lo is fantastic in this and they've got great chemistry. So I'm going to go at a five. Yes. I could do 4.8 here. I, 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 it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. And when I watched it the first time, I think we were just, when I was at university, someone put it on. It's when we had, everyone had the small, like 14 inch TVs wasn't really paying attention um and I, I had written it off um so i'm really glad that you chose it wayne because I, I probably would okay. never watch it again and i really did enjoy it yeah. so i will and like, like helen says i think tell people tell more people to watch it watch yeah it, it's, it's good fun um and to, it's, it's just a lot more relaxed and entertaining than a lot of Sturberg films i think a lot of his films are very po-faced and mm. almost straining to get something across but i think this is just like yeah yeah let's just have these guys fall in love and that's fine um 4.8 repeat viewing score wayne uh repeat viewing score i'm going 4.8 for my repeat viewing score simply because that damn effect is a little dated and it's hard to sell to people like paul so i'm just like okay you know what i still will watch it again i will watch it again now i would happily watch it again now all right yeah i know paul so um it's just uh yeah i i i think that it's not the type because it's such a it's light on it's so it doesn't require like you know that much of your attention but you're just happy to enjoy it so you can watch it again and again 
All right. Well, I'm cool. significantly harder on it than that. I'm sorry to say that uh, I watched this film 22 years ago and don't need to, never felt the need to re- return to it until for this purpose, as you've chosen it. And it was, I enjoyed it. Good watch. Happy to have seen it again. Won't watch it again in the next 22 years. So I'm going to put 2.5. 2.5, you dirty bastard. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Helen. So I don't know how many times I've seen it. I've definitely seen it at least once, maybe a couple of times. I think I probably have it had it on like VHS, maybe something like that. But like Kobe, it was um, one of the ones that um, I think I probably ended up watching more around sort of uni university times. And then I think it's only recently been added to Netflix. I can't remember having seen it on there before. Um, and I think you picked it pretty soon as it had been added. So um, right. otherwise, cool. I might have dug it out. The only thing is, it is over two hours, which is quite long for essentially not that much of a story. Uh, not that it overstates <laughs> welcome, but it's quite a long film to watch regularly. Um, I really enjoyed rewatching it and. If someone was to say, oh, I've never seen it, would you want to watch it? I would say yes. Um, so I'm going to go four. Boom. Yeah, I'm going to go for three. I will happily watch it again now that I've unwritten it off. <laughs> um, but but how often will I watch it? Not often. I'm, I'm really looking forward to see the rest of JLo's career. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what other stuff Clooney does. I probably still will kind of hold him in lower, lower <laughs> esteem than he deserves. And that's holding my bad. I, I accept that. Um, and But yeah, the, the cast of characters, were, like you said, you dropped in Albert Brooks. Yeah, he was in that as well. Oh yeah, shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd look forward. Has Soderbergh come back now? Has he declared himself back? Because he, he took a oh, bit of hiatus. He died, didn't he? That was it. He yeah. said he was retiring from film. Um, oh, he did High, Fly, High Flying Bird and The Laundromat or whatever on Netflix yeah. in the last year or so. So, yeah, he's he's back. I'm thinking I'm back, John Wick. <laughs> I know you're from Paul. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to go for three. Cause I'll, I'll happily watch it again, but I'm not sure what, you know, more often than once every 22 years. Um, every 18. Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> every human life, every adult life cycle of a human. Um, Wayne. Uh, small screen score. Small screen score. Um there's nothing too big or like massive action set pieces in here. I think you could happily watch this on a phone if you had to, but in my studio here, I, I can't fault it. So five. <laughs> okay. Predictably high. Uh, no, uh, you're mostly right. I, I do agree. Uh, you don't lose a lot from watching on a small screen. And yes, you could watch this film on a small, on your phone, unlike some other films, which probably come to mind instantly. So yeah, I'll give it 4.2. Helen. If it wasn't for the small screen, this film would not have survived because it wasn't until it kind of came out um, mm. for rental that um, people watched it and went, "Hey, this is actually really good." And like, you know, George Clooney isn't just, you know, a failed TV actor kind of thing. And um, it did kind of find its audience eventually, even though it took a little bit of time. So, the sm- if it wasn't for the small screen, it it would, you know, we may not have had the careers that we got from George and, and Sodenberg. So um, I've only ever seen it on a small screen and would I like to see it on a big screen? I think maybe I would be interested in seeing it um, as a double bill with Jackie Brown, because I think those mm-hmm. would work together. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And you'd get the nice little Michael Keaton thing um, trailing through that. Um, so for that, uh, 4.5. 
I'm going to go for five. First time on a 14-inch cathode ray tube, uh, <laughs> 90s TV. Second time on you know, a bigger TV, this flat screen. Yeah, I can't. I, I, I could not be bothered to watch this in the cinema. Um, but to add to what you're telling Helen about it, without, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. That without uh, without small screen, it would have survived because we, you know, Taken came to everyone's attention on the on the small screen, and then we have Taken two and three. Taken one's fine. Taken two and three are a poor oh, yeah, right. um, So it's so it should have stopped there. Blessing, and sometimes it's a curse. <laughs> yes, exactly. And also, I'm not a fan of Wayne. Um, not Wayne's World. Um, oh, Austin yeah. Powers, yeah, Austin Powers one, great, came to everyone's attention from TV. Uh, everyone watched on DVD, but three, for example, I can't, I can't deal with um, Goldman. <laughs> great, again, I like three. Oh well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> um, Not age well. But, uh, engagement score, Wayne. Uh, engagement score, um, uh, yeah, okay. So I'm the guy who will always walk past this, see this, and then sit down and, and continue to watch it. So, but I will understand. Uh, Four point eight for me. Engagement <laughs> Ludicrous. Uh, look, I think this film starts, it's interesting enough how it starts. Why is, why is George in the state that he's in and then the flipping back and forth in time? But I really does do feel like lags in the middle a lot, sets all the pieces into play. I don't think it's as engaging as it could be. So uh, middling score again. At the end, like I said, great. And I enjoy the last 30 minutes of the film. So I'll go 3.3. Helen. So... If, if you're used to, obviously, the we, we call it the Tarantino non-linear style, then, you know, you will get this pretty easily. But you do have to, obviously, pay a bit of attention. Also, you're going to be like, well, how come he was in jail a minute ago and now he's in here? And the, 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 which jail as well? Yeah, so which, which jail he's in? This is it, which jail? And then also, um, basically it gives away where the diamonds are quite early on in the film. Um, so there's little things, you know, keeping your eye on that. So it is, the more you pay attention to it, the more rewarding it's going to be. That said, if you kind of got it on in the background, you can kind of enjoy it and, um, and do that. So uh, go for a four on an engagement. I'm going to go for 4.8 here. Um, I think, <laughs> no, it's not 4.8, 3. 3.8. I, I apologize. Um, <laughs> It doesn't need to be two and a bit hours long. And when when you chose, I was like, oh, I've not seen it for a while. And then lots of running times. Like, is it? Uh, it's, and it's not an onerous running time, but I just don't. I, even even now, recently, I think it could have been tied up, made tighter, like 20, 25 yeah. minutes shorter. Um, and as, as as Paul said, probably lags in the middle as a result of that. So it did. My, my attention did lag a bit, but we get an overall score of four point two three one two five, which is so good. good. Very strong. Um, cheers for bringing it, Wayne. And we did ask people on Twitter, as we always do. Uh, guys, do follow us on Twitter. We are at FlixWatcherPod uh, because every time we're about to record, we put a shout out, such as in this case, we're reviewing Out of Sight with Paul and Wayne at the Countdown PC. Have you seen it? Tell us your thoughts and your score out of five for a shout out on FlixWatcher. And we had a decent response here and some people battling as to which is their preferred uh, JLo films. But um, Paul. Since you're the one over at Countdown Pod in front of the screen, do you want to read us out with the first one? You can see. Sure. I've got Professor J here at jhunt006 said, four stars. The trunk thing still makes me sweat. And John Cheadle is, <laughs> John Cheadle is at his best. Without a doubt, J-Lo is best. John Cheadle. Yeah, John, He's John Cheadle. Cheadle. Uh, <laughs> the little known brother of Don Cheadle. <laughs> 
Helen. Um, previous guest we've had on Easy Riders Raging Podcast, one of my all-time favourites, five out of five. Off the chart chemistry from the leads, and goddamn, does it have a fantastic soundtrack? I didn't notice the soundtrack. I did. Oh, it's beautiful. Did I what yeah, it's you great. Like it? That thing. That's good, man. <laughs> right? It's cool as hell. The way you relate it back to me then, just I need to put it on right now. Uh, everyone, this one is from Liam H. Dempsey, who says, The chemistry between Clooney and Lopez is off the scale. The lensing, editing, and sound design are impeccably gorgeous. Scott Frank's script has such a smooth lightness of touch to it, and the early promise Lopez shows is unreal. I want to watch it again now. I'm on your team, Liam. <laughs> Paul. Uh, and then we got Manchester classic film said red hot chemistry between the leads snappy dialogue great direction cool soundtrack this film has a lot five out of five Whoa. Helen uh, this one's from Paul Casey I loved it stylish in the extreme two good performances from George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez very sensual very cool one of three great Elmore Leonard adaptations of the 90s I'm going to say that he's probably going to give it all oh, four stars, seeing as there's no stars attached to that one. There's no star rating there. And there was a bit of interaction. Uh, Gidget Von the Rue, who often replies to us, and I think they reply to you quite often as yeah. well, um, brought in, I prefer the cell in regards to J-Lo, but she's still great. And Professor J had a bit of back and forth between them, um, saying the cell is a highly overlooked movie, which I think this is. And you know, J-Lo, hopefully she'll be... She will do a lot more cool stuff in the future. Um, Paul and Wayne, can you sign up by telling us where we can find you online, remind us of your podcast, and say goodbye to the listeners? Absolutely. Uh, you can just find us by Googling The Countdown Podcast. You'll get all our socials and stuff like that. Or you can send us an email at thecountdownpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I've loved being here. Thank you, guys. I was a little worried because your show is so classy compared to me. Uh, so, but... <laughs> classy? <laughs> classy as hell, Classy man. in a man's day. No, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having us on. We really appreciate the invite. It's been a great, great fun time. It's been great to have you guys. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye. Yep. Enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter and we're at Flix Watcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K Wood Audio. Tell them Flix Watcher sent you. You just heard a stripped media production. 